Welcome to the Mosaic of Marion, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Henry M. Meadows, Jr. and presented by Marion Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. It is our sincere hope that you'll join us each week as we explore what it means to be part of God's big picture through biblical discussions about the saving power of Jesus Christ and what it means for our lives each and every day, starting today. What's good out there, podcast land? How you guys doing? Hey. Look, did you hear she's back? I'm back. Miss Mona, my home slice. (laughs) I'm back from Texas. Yeah, didn't come back with no cowboy hat. I was. I didn't bring the cowboy hat. I didn't buy it. No. We did get a picture. Yeah, I sent a picture of one that I found, but I didn't. It was. I'm telling you what, it was. It was nice. (laughs) It was real nice. And then you hear him laughing over there, producer DJ I, Dan. I was just disappointed she didn't come back with an accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> so what's good? It's been like it's forever. I know. You missed one week, and it's, it's really two. Yeah. And Drew didn't do anything to make you upset? No, he did great. <laughs> Drew did great. I told him that. Apparently, I was the one that made you a little upset. I was the one that got a text. Oh, I knew the minute we recorded it, that was going to be the one. I got, yes, I got a live tweet, a.k.a. live text, <laughs> in the middle of the morning. It was, you really said? And then a bunch of question marks after it. I was like, well, yeah, I can't rein it back in now. But anyway, hey, so yep. good to have you guys back. Um. What's good out there, man? It's good. So, hey, apparently you're going to be on with me right after this also on the YouTube hit. <laughs> Did I say I would do it? Well, I don't I think it was it asked matter. as in it was I like didn't, I didn't hear a no, so that's a yes. <laughs> yeah. So oh, you and producer boy. DJ Dan are just going to go from here <laughs> to there. Okay. And um, Not prepared for that either. Welcome to the big time. Welcome <laughs> to the big time. Yeah, boy. Um. So, hey, turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, we're going to deal with, uh, well, first five verses, I guess. And because that's what Mona studied for. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really good because, and I, I and literally, all right, here's a little pull back the curtain behind the scenes. So, uh, Mona sort of asked me in a, roundabout way how i came to this to talk about today so here's the plan so in a few weeks um we're going to get back on track for um the lord's prayer that's in the sermon on the mount so you'll be catching those in a little bit but leading up to all those we're going to take a little bit of a break from them and and really take a break as we did last week there i don't know guys you ever you ever just gone through a season where there's just a certain theological topic that just mm-hmm. grabs hold to you and just cannot let go right now it's the cross for me and um i don't know i don't know why other than this instrument of torture has become a symbol of incredible amazing love mm-hmm. and i really just want the world to know now the world being all however many of you guys are downloading and listening <laughs> Hello, world. <laughs> um, so that's just that's where it is, and that we so we had a small conversation about that, and so here we are. Anything else you guys want to go before we jump headlong into this great topic? Nope. Let's go. Let's All right, let's go. So um, I'm gonna pray. Okay. Then then you read one through five. One through five. Okay. And we'll dive in. All right. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you first and foremost, and we are so thankful that you saw fit that your son Jesus stepped out of heaven to robe himself in flesh and blood 
to walk among us for some 30-some years and then to die upon the cross. Without that death, Lord, we could not have life. And we think about there in Hebrews, it says once he had offered up himself, he sat down at the right hand of the Father and that finished work of Jesus on the cross and then also obviously the empty tomb when he resurrected from the dead. So, Lord, we love you today and we praise you and we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So First Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Wow. I, I mean, I love that passage. Mm-hmm. It, it's so much. I really, you know, and we laughed when we said verses one through five. I told Mona just verse two. Um, but it really is one, and it's probably the best way. It's one complete thought, one paragraph, mm-hmm. if you will. Paul is, I think so often in Christianity and in the church, we get off on tangents. You buy that? Yeah. I mean, I... I if you're on Twitter, I want to make this statement. You don't have to fight about everything. Right. <laughs> I've never, people act like they are the authorities on every little abstract concept out yep. there. And I'm just sitting there on my little um, Twitter page going, dude, I just want folk to know Jesus. <laughs> you know, th- yep. there are primary issues in scripture, cross, Life, birth, death, resurrection, eternality of Jesus, God, and all that. There are secondary issues that sort of filter down, and then you have these outlying ones. I don't, I don't care if you're pre-trib, post-trib. I don't care, as long as you're some trib. Right. I, I know which one I believe, right. but I'm not going to die on that hill. Right. And and then there are these other things like people want to every little trivial thing. And here's what I want to say. The church would be a lot better off if we just preached First Jesus Christ and Him crucified. crucified. Yes, that's really where it came right. from. Sort of my heart's cry. Yep, yep. If I could get all of Twitter that claims the name of Jesus and look them and shake them and say, "Would you just preach Jesus and Him crucified?" Right. right. Let all the other just fall. And really, I mean, I know it's not technically not the scru- structure of. Well, it sort of is. Isn't that like the the whole theme of that paragraph is that that is what he wanted to do. Yes. And so, I mean, verse one, because the four in verse two takes you back to verse one, and then he continues in verse three and five to build his case on that was all that he wanted to do was to preach Jesus and him crucified. He didn't want to get into um, lofty arguments or plausibilities. He just wanted to preach Jesus and him crucified. I've been in, <laughs> look, not false humility here. Here's just the truth. I know my flaws. I know where, how, I don't consider myself a great preacher. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not able to parse every Greek tense and verb and all that stuff. I love going to that and some of it, but I just love putting things on the lower shelf mm-hmm. so that folk can understand. I mean, I have been in sermons and these guys, some guys stand there and preach and they're using depravity and this, and I'm going, 
I don't know what that dude just said, and I have a doctorate <laughs> in ministry. Right. And I'm going, how is Joe Schmo? Right. I'm not being mean, and I'm not questioning Joe Schmo or anybody like that. How are they using yeah. what? What's the use in using a five dollar churchy word that half of your congregation doesn't know? Right. Just say, man, you're we're all sinners yes. through and through. <laughs> You know, I'm just so, yeah, Paul, I love, in verse one, really going there, I didn't come to you with lofty speech or wisdom. And and so I don't ever, and I'll tell people this, I'm not going to try to trick you into Jesus, and I'm not going to try to, if admitting you, you're a sinner, believing in Jesus and everything that goes with that, and then confessing the Lord and Savior, if that don't get you saved, right? well, I've used every bullet in my gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make up anything. Yeah, and and having said that, now don't think I just use ABC. But to me, that's every. I don't care what technique you use for sharing your faith. I pray that you do. Whether it's faith, whether it's Romans Road, whether it's three circles, whether it's best news, worst news deal, they all break down to that. You yeah. got to figure out you're a sinner. Right. Jesus is the key. Right. And then confess him. Right. It really, if you break it down to the lowest levels, I'm not going to try to you know verbally trick you into right. coming to Jesus right. because there is plenty of folks smarter than Hank out there that can then come behind me and trick you out of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. No. Jesus Christ, him crucified. So why is it we feel like we got to use lofty words and got to be all wise? And, you know, I think back, you, <laughs> I'm going somewhere here. You know, in the early, early days, a lot of the early, early days of ministry across America and in the when we, the frontier was moving, they actually did not want people to have degrees that were preachers because hmm. they wanted them to rely on the Holy Spirit. Yeah, mm. right. And I'll say it today. Give me a dude full of the Holy Spirit that can't hardly speak English as opposed to some Ph.D. dude that thinks he's all that in a oh, bucket absolutely. of fries. Right. Yep. Give me the dude sure. whose heart is controlled by the Holy Spirit. Right. So thoughts about anything I've said. And then we're going to keep going. Um, well, and we're going <laughs> to just thunder, man. <laughs> yeah, She's as like, usual, what? 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 as usual. Um, well, I was. We're going to get in verse four to the power yes. of the Holy Spirit and yes. relying on the Holy Spirit. So just hold on to that. Hold on to your hats with that. Um, but <laughs> oh, if y'all could just see, I just don't know what to say. But. You know, previously in chapter one, he had talked about the that God chose what is foolish in the world and what is weak in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and Paul is continuing that by saying that I don't come to you with, if if you, most people who look at him and, I mean, he was greatly educated. Yes. And, but he didn't come to them when he was preaching Jesus by spewing that, by using that to his advantage. Um, he probably would rather set that aside because <clears throat> because the ones that came after him a lot of times these guys would come right. doing that right and so but he would rather come as one of them almost so that they could relate to him more and hear the the truth of what he was saying and not the spiel that they he might they might hear from other people who had been educated as he was yeah producer DJ you got anything well I just thinking back to conversations I've had other churches where, you know, churches sometimes panic and say, oh, we're not relevant anymore. How do we, 
you know, we're not we're not attracting young people. How do we dress this up? And look, the gospel doesn't ever need to be dressed up. Yeah. No. The only way you you're no longer relevant is when you you try to add these things, which you can't add to the gospel. You're only taken away from it. But when you try to do these things to to put a new spin on it or to do that, look, just share the gospel. That's how you stay relevant. God's yeah. word is always relevant. Well, I think it. I think the Bible says. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, I think it says that His Word would not return void. Right. Absolutely. Why would you get away from it? You want to? I mean, you want to be exactly. Then you don't. You want to be relevant. Preach Jesus. Yep. Right. And and going back to it, these apostles that would always follow him is almost like he had this little trail of false apostles. He would go into a city, establish church, and then false apostles would come in mm. and use these big try to sound higher and mightier and more eloquent um, than Paul. And and a lot of sometimes it worked. Um, you know, first Thessalon- second Thessalonians was written as a result of these false apostles right. that had come in, and Paul's like, "How quickly have you forgotten? Mm-hmm. Hello!" So, and then he comes in. So he says in verse two, "For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified." You, you get the picture that as he was there every Sunday, it was the same message. Yeah, Jesus was crucified mm-hmm. for you. And remember, by the way, his text was the Old Testament. Right. Mm-hmm. So. For those out there that would say the Old Testament is not relevant, mm, mm, I say mm. to you, <laughs> we're real high class around here. Didn't y'all. even hear your accent there. That's <laughs> <laughs> so what he was using was it was was Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, I, I go back to it. If if I really want to cry, just go read. I read Isaiah fifty three. You cannot help but read that and cry. And so he was reaching from the Old Testament, proving this. And he said, I didn't want to preach anything else. I didn't want to talk about end times with you guys. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk about um, a lot of other theology. I talked about just the main thing. You know, that's why if you you correlate it, um, when, he, when you get over the 1 Corinthians 15, he said, you know, I'll remind you, brothers, of the gospel. I preach to you which you received and which you stand and by which you are being saved if you hold fast the word I preach, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance. Yep. It gets no more important than Jesus Christ on the cross, right? And like you said yesterday in your sermon, and 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 we've heard it said before that the only thing that's going to matter at the end of your life is what did you do about Jesus? Yeah, yeah. and nothing else is going to matter. No, only what what did you do about Jesus? And only when you have um, put your faith in Him and believed in Him. That's the only thing that's going to save you in the end. Yeah, no, nothing else. Your right. name, right. the amount of money you got right. in in the bank account, um, how many cars you drove, or um, whatever, you're literally going to stand for Jesus. And the question is going to be, what'd you do with my son? Right. Well, you're going to stand in front of Jesus. What'd you do with me? Right. Mm-hmm. Did you accept me as Lord and Savior, or did you reject me as Lord and Savior? Right. Right. Period. Right. End of story. Right. N- now, some people will say that's too simplistic. No, that's just the gospel, yo. Right. Well, and and to go on with with you know the, this concern about being too simplistic, I think a lot of times we turn new believers or people just beginning a relationship with God away by loading all these other things on them instead of just sharing the gospel and saying, you know, this is the core of everything we believe. If you believe this, you're saved. End of story. Everything right. else we'll get to at some point. It may not even be important in the end. But this is this is it. This is the message. Yeah, yeah don't get us wrong. We're not saying the other stuff's not important to preach, teach theology. Right. But right. this is of most importance. Right. Absolutely. Charles Spurgeon has quoted somebody told him one time, says, man, all your sermons seem to sound a whole lot alike. Mm-hmm. 
He said, yeah, that's for one reason. He said, no matter what text I am, I take that text and I make a beeline yes. to the cross. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because, and I, literally that has shaped my ministry. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I hope you guys could mm-hmm. say that you pretty much hear that in every one yeah. of my sermons. I'm yep. going to make an appeal to the gospel. I'm going to go to the cross at some point and say, hey, here's what you got to get out mm-hmm. of this. Yep. Is Jesus. Um, and then on in, in verse 3, um, I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. I know you had some notes on that. Why don't you speak to that? <laughs> She's sort of looking at me like, I saw your notes. Yeah, you did. <laughs> well, just just making a, a comparison as to in this um, paragraph, he's talking about how he did and how he did not come mm-hmm. to them. And that, and we've talked about he didn't come with lofty speech. He didn't come with words of wisdom, but he came in weakness, fear, and trembling um, so that he wasn't lofty and above them, but, um, but that his whole attitude was one of humbleness and one of just bringing them what they needed to hear, and that's all. Yeah, it's something to be said. You know, you, you're going to catch more flies with honey right. than you are with vinegar. Right. As a, a lot of people and a lot of preachers, I would say, can turn you off just by their attitude of, well, I'm high and mighty and I know what's going on and you need to hear me. Instead of, dude, I just love you right. and I, I care about you. Um, that old saying, they don't care what you know till they know that you care. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what Paul was sort of saying here was, you know, I can't. I didn't come, like I said, I didn't come with all these lofty words and all wisdom. I came in fear and trembling, not fear and trembling of I'm scared of you guys, right? But I'm afraid for your souls. Yes, I'm afraid how you're going to respond in rejection because this was the most carnal city that Paul right. dealt with. Right. I mean, you don't believe me? Go read it. Right. <laughs> Get over there about chapter four, chapter five. That's right. Okay. Right. And they were carnal. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, just flat out. And he says, I want. I don't want you to reject it. I want you to accept it. So I always go back to Paul says, I'm all things to all people so that I might win just one. And, and listen, your methods, don't miss this out there, peeps. Your methods may change. Your message, message. better yeah. not. Yes, right. Whether it's... <laughs> Almost just a gangster style. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if that's your method, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you do have to understand who your crowd is. Oh, right, absolutely. absolutely. You know, um, you. The only time I say you get away with using words like depravity and all that is if you're in a, a basically a very high college town, mm-hmm. maybe with a lot of professors or whatever right. that are believers. Good luck with that. Um, ah, oh, man, I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, <laughs> but. I don't know. I, this has just got me. I'm just, I'm steadily trying not to go back to verse two. And I know people are going to be like, man, you guys are just harping at one thing. The most important thing in your life should be to know that Jesus Christ was crucified for your sins. Right. That I want you to think about this for a minute, guys. Jesus Christ, second person of the Trinity, loved you so much, he came to die for you. And not just any death. Quite possibly one of the most painful ways to die ever. Mm. He hung on a cross pretty much naked 
in shame with nails. The God of heaven mm -hmm. did it so you could go to heaven. Right. And, and we as Christians at times take it for granted like we're so special that we deserved it. You didn't deserve anything but hell. Right. But Jesus. Yes. Thankful for that. Right. So Paul came this way. And I, I just want to say that. Um, but so let's get on to the demonstration of the Spirit. Paul said, listen, my words weren't weighty. My words weren't um, wise. My words were just words. I, I was saying that, that I try to say, and I, I said to preachers, I, a lot of Sunday mornings I shoot out some text messages to a bunch of preachers, and I'll tell them this, may our weak words mm. be become powerful yes. by the work of the Holy Spirit through yes. them. I don't have anything to say that can help anybody. Right. I have literally nothing to say to help anybody. My words that I come up with, they're weak and, and they're at times pathetic. And, you know, I laugh all the time. I'll say, I think I told the story about when we moved over and, and our sound guy, Doug, found some of my early, early sermons and wanted, <laughs> know if I warned them, and I was like, Lord, no, throw them things away. And because I, I listed one or two, and I'm thinking, how did anybody get saved in that? <laughs> And then I, then really, we laugh about it. It is sort of funny, but at the same time, I'm going, that just shows you how powerful the Holy Spirit yes. is. Because I'm like, they weren't deep. They were shallow. <laughs> but God used them. Yes. And I'm sure that you would agree with this statement, that the times when I have taught Bible studies and walked away, um, knowing that it was, that I came with this paltry mm -hmm. offering um, and the Holy Spirit took that and used it to touch people's hearts and lives and you know that I mean that's just you just I don't know about you but I drive away just with tears in my eyes yeah. because the fact that he would take this little thing that I offered and and maybe it was a week that I didn't prepare enough, mm -hmm. or maybe it was a week that I just stumbled over my words just because that's what I do sometimes. But when he, but when the whole, when you're relying on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit speaks through you and you know that it was nothing you said. I mean, I've had people say, could you repeat what you just said? And I said, mm, no, yep, because I didn't say it. <laughs> yeah. It was the Holy Spirit speaking through me. I have no idea what, what I just said. Um, and, but those are the times when you walk away knowing that you were used and it's just humbling and powerful. And well, that's it, sort of the picture of Paul here. Right, yeah, absolutely. Go it, goes, it just goes back to that previous verse. You know, God's not not requiring you to have a certain level of speech or, or a certain level of presentation. Um, it's almost like all he's requiring is that you be obedient in yeah. sharing the gospel yes. and love and have concern for the lost and, and genuinely want to see them be saved. Right. Yeah, and people say all the time, well, I don't know what to say if I'm going to share with people. Just tell them about Jesus on the cross, man. Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty much simple. Mm -hmm. you, know, don't, you don't have to figure this sucker out. Right. Don't reinvent the wheel because you're going you're gonna to lead them not to heaven. Right. Mm -hmm. If you go trying to figure it out, just preach Jesus and right. crucified. Mm -hmm. right. And then in the power of the Holy Spirit, it is the Holy Spirit is so powerful. Yes. You know, he's a spirit of truth. He guides us into all truth, and he convicts us of sin, you know, all that in John chapter 15 or uh, 16 excuse me where it, it lists out all that he does and he just works in our walk of faith yep um i was i i was and i hope it's okay with the person 
I'm going to share this real quick. So I preached a funeral on Friday, and I talked about walking by faith. And it's really all empowered by the Holy Spirit, you walk of right, faith. Right. And I really came up with, I believe, three truths that a walk of faith is fueled by. Number one is the unseen hand of God. Hmm. How he moves you in different directions, and he, God has planned. Romans eight twenty eight. you and I have dealt with that verse. Mm-hmm. For the believer, how he guides you when you don't know he's guiding you, he's always guiding you. Number two is the unmista- um, the unheard voice of God, the Bible. Yep. Have I ever heard God speak? No. But have I heard God speak? Yes. Yep. Through his word, all scripture is God breathed. And then it's the unmistakable comfort of God. Mm-hmm. And over there in chapter, I mean, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, blessed be God, the Father of all mercy and the God of all comfort. He yes. comforts you when nobody else can. Right. And, and so those things are involved in that walk of faith because they're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Guys, you don't have to do it yourself. Right. Matter of fact, you can't do it yourself. Right. You have to have Jesus living inside of you and you in him. Yep. We forget that part right. so often. <laughs> we want maybe we ought to deal with that at some point about <laughs> us living in him. But you have got to have the Holy Spirit powering you and mm-hmm. working in and through you to give you that. It, what Dan said is right. God's not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. Yes. Just Absolutely. say, here I am, a broken, useless ves- right. vessel. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm full of the riches of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what mm-hmm. is at work here, right. which is over there, what, in Second Corinthians chapter 4, that we're vessels. Something like that. We have this treasure in yep. broken earthen vessels. And by the way, the earth, literally, literally, you want a great picture of who you are in Jesus? You're just broken pottery. Yep. Just a bunch of mud and clay yep. that's broken, that leaks, spews Which, oil. There's a blog post on my blog. So on our on our podcast page, you can go to the resource page, go to my blog, and it's there. Yeah, go there. Uh, yeah. Um. But, and I think that um, we, too often, the the role of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit by the majority is not taught enough. True. Um, and not understood enough. True. And if we understood and if we grasped hold of it, how much more powerful our lives for Christ would be. Absolutely true. It's probably a weakness in my preaching <clears throat> that I haven't dealt with the Holy Spirit right. enough. Right. It. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying right. You're right. You haven't done it. <laughs> I was waiting for that to kick in. That was oh, I was about to. But you better be glad you got that in before I got to the mic. I had leaned back, y'all, because oh, it was, was coming like, up, buddy. Take your breath. Yeah. <laughs> just because of that, I might just preach on the Holy Spirit Sunday. And look at you the entire time I'm preaching. I got to move to a different seat. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I would. Um, but it, we, we don't recognize, and I try to move with the Holy Spirit because it is it is so overwhelming. This thought of the Holy Spirit yes. and how He moves in you—it's not He's not something you can see and feel. See, to me, it even got—we don't really have time to go where I want to go. We can see and feel and touch Jesus. Yeah, that's easy to talk about. We can't see and feel and touch God. He is Spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the third person is a spirit. He's called right. the Holy Spirit. Right. So you cannot see, in a sense, you, know, you get what I'm after? You yeah. can't feel him. But when you figure that that Jesus told his disciples that it's better for you that I go away. Yes. So that I could send the helper for yes. you. Um, because so I, I know there are people who say, 
you know, oh, they lived when Jesus, they walked with Jesus, they talked with Jesus, they were physically with Jesus. And yet Jesus says, it is better for you that I go away and send my spirit to you. And so what a greater, um, great um, advantage we have because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of mm-hmm. us is so much better than having walking physically with Jesus. I think the best illustration, I'm sitting there going, how can I illustrate that? So when Jesus here, he was a candle in the dark, and that candle gives off light, you know, no doubt. But now we have a thing called electricity with mm-hmm. lights we plug in. I'm not lessening Jesus at all. Right, oh, my right. goodness. No, Don't, not I'm, not, right. I'm not. I'm no. not. But he's that singular. Now yeah. we have something that can... If if the Holy Spirit's working and producer D Dan, Miss Mona, me, now, man, and he's all in all of us at the mm-hmm. same time and we're really going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So instead of being one person in one I mean, yeah, Jesus could heal somebody ten miles away. Right. But he couldn't be there in person. Right, doing it right. Well, the Holy Spirit can. Right. So then quickly, because our time is up. So that our faith may not be rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If you can figure it out, you can do it. You don't need God. Mm, yep. And that's what Paul's going. Right. Paul said, I want my stuff and my words to be um, fear, trembling, not lofty, not wisdom, but I'm going to make them weak and let God empower them. Yes. And because if God empowers them, then you can't be challenged. I want to go back to what I said earlier. If I trick you and talk you into something about Jesus, somebody else can talk you out of it. Yes. But if I just give you the gospel and God himself infuses it with the power of the Holy Spirit and it gets into your heart, bro, there ain't no getting that out. Right. You're you're hooked. I'll know all these people, oh, you, you Baptist, once saved, always saved. No. You know what? Once truly saved, yes. always saved. Yep. yep. Too many false professions. So anyway. Right. So this time went by quick. <laughs> As always. Man, I hope everybody has enjoyed it. I have. Yep. Um, I just, I'm just my heart. Big thought. One big thought. So that we should follow Paul's example in two things, that the only thing that we need to um, express is Jesus Christ and him crucified in I guess maybe three things. Do it by the power of the Spirit. She's learning, y'all. So I've got that, a tear in my eye. <laughs> do it by the power of the Holy Spirit so that that is what people are relying on, the power of God. And so that it's not it's not about us. It's not about um, what we know. It's not about anything that we have within ourselves except for the Holy Spirit. And that's all that, that we need. Can't add a whole lot to that. Mine was pretty much just different words. I mean, you know, showing up is a spiritual gift. Show up, mm. be available, be obedient, and let God take care of the rest. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just end with this: when it's just you and God, yep. The only thing that's going to matter is what you did with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you see Him as the crucified Lord and Savior that rose again on the third day, defeating death, hell, and the grave, or did you see Him as not that? Right. Your eternity hinges on that question and that thought. Yep. All the other theological fights we can get in and all the theological truth we might have, it all hinges on that. Yep. Our prayer is that you would see him as a crucified Savior risen to never die again. Yes. God of the universe, God of all creation, 
And that's who he is. Yes. Uh, my prayer is that you see him as that. Yep. Pray for us and then we're, so I'll say something. <clears throat> and Lord, we um, thank you for giving us the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can take um, the little bit that we have to speak life into people's, not because we have the power, but because you have the power. And so I pray that you would um, cause us to um, only desire that you, um, your name and the fact that you died and rose again for us um, be the of utmost importance in our lives. And so um, continue to teach us and continue to lead us. And I pray that we would be diligent to follow. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Hey, my name is Hank Meadows. I'm pastor of Mary Baptist Church. It's my privilege to be that. With me today, I've had Miss Mona. Hey. And I've had producer DJ Dan. Yep, yep. And, um, man, thank you guys. Yeah. See you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>